Come on, say it with conviction. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for being a good God. Thank you for changing our lives. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord, as we come, as we sit at your feet, I pray that every person will allow their hearts to be open to receive the incorruptible word. And Lord, because I know your word is life-changing, I thank you. As a result of their hearing, their life is going to change. And Lord, as we continue to declare that this is a year of expansion, this is a year of growth, this is a year of miracles, this is a year for us to do things we've never done before. We thank you in advance for our building. We thank you for putting the funds in our hands. We thank you also for putting more than what we need in our hands. And I declare in Jesus' name that every member will be blessed as a result of submitting to your will and obeying your word. So as I step back, I ask for you to step up so that everyone here can hear what the Spirit of God is saying to them. And I declare that in Jesus' name. And if you believe that prayer, say amen. Amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here. We're in a series entitled Faith to Expand. And we've declared that 2015 is going to be a year of expansion. Can you say amen to that? In other words, this is going to be a year to enlarge, a year to increase, a year to grow. And one of the signs that something is alive is when it's growing. And so today, our lesson title is, You Must Sow in Order to Grow. Look at your neighbor and say, You Must Sow in Order to Grow. And before your mind begins to think that I'm talking about money, let me just put you at ease, because the sowing and growing that I'm talking about today is sowing the word in your life, which will result in an increase of faith. So I want you to find Psalm 92, Psalm 92, and then uh, I want to go to Isaiah chapter 55. That was Psalm 92 and then Isaiah 55. And as you turn to those scriptures, I just want to reiterate what the word expansion means. In the Bible, the word expansion means to enlarge, say enlarge. It means to spread out, say spread out. It means to increase, say increase. Now just look at your neighbor and say, I like increase. It means to magnify, say it like that, magnify. It means to inflate, say inflate. 
And then last but not least, it means to stretch. Everybody say to stretch. Now, in Psalm 92, I'm going to show you a verse that's going to help us start this lesson out. Because in order for us to grow, we have to sow. Think about it in the natural. A farmer, in order for him to reap a harvest, he must first sow a seed. Well, guess what? Growing is not automatically spiritually. Coming to church in and of itself does not automatically mean you're going to spiritually grow. Amen. In Psalm 92, look at verse 12. It says, the righteous, look at your neighbor and say, I'm the righteous. The righteous will flourish, and that word flourish means to spread out and to, and to enlarge. The righteous will spread out, enlarge, and expand like the palm tree. He will grow, say grow. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, verse 13. And those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14 says, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Now, I just want you to notice something. It is God's will for us to grow. In other words, you don't want your child to stay in the first grade all of their life. I don't know about you, but uh, when I was growing up, uh, they used to flunk you if you didn't pass. I don't know about these days, but they would flunk you. And some of the people that flunked, was very, it was very, very uh, known that they flunked because they were much bigger than the kids in the class. And so the purpose is they did not learn or was not willing to apply what they were learning to their lives. And that's the same way with God. It's his will for us to grow. And some of us think that our growth is dependent on God. Amen. So number one, it's God's will for us to grow. Number two, it is also God's will for us to be planted. In other words, every seed must have some ground to go into. How many received the gift that I gave you this morning when you walked in? Uh, for those of you who are listening on podcasts, I gave everyone a gift of seeds. Now think about it. Those seeds in that packet is no good until it's planted in the, in the ground. So it's God's will for us to be planted in the ground. And he said, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Okay. And then number three, it's God's will, watch this, for us to experience manifestation. Amen. So today my goal is to emphasize the importance of planting the word in our lives so that the promise of the word will manifest in our lives. I'm going to say that again. My goal today is to show you how important it is to plant the word in your life so that, watch this, you can receive the manifestation of the word in your life. It's impossible to plant the word in your life and your life not change. Just like it's impossible for a farmer to plant a seed in the ground and take care of it and that, that, that seed not to come up. So I'm going to show you the process 
of how to sow the word in your life. Because when you sow the word in your life, your life becomes stable. When you sow the word in your life, your life comes, uh, there's a new meaning of purpose that comes to your life. When you sow the word in your life, when the storms of life come, you won't be shaken because your life is founded upon the rock of the word. When you sow the word in your life, you have the right, watch this, to anticipate and expect God to do what his word said it would do. When you sow the word in your life, the Bible says that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and it will divide your soul from your spirit. When you sow the word in your life, the voice of God becomes clearer. When you sow the word in your life, I'm trying to help some of you all right now because it's not, it's not your toting of the Bible at work that, that, that impresses your uh, co-workers. Come on now. How many had that white family Bible growing up? You know the one with the pictures in it? The ones that you couldn't, you wouldn't, you couldn't touch it? I'm not sure why. It was on display and I couldn't touch it. But it's not the toting of your Bible that impresses people. Watch this. It's the manifestation of the word in your life that, that touches people. Amen. So go to Isaiah 55 quickly. Go to Isaiah 55. Go to Isaiah 55 because I gave you those, those packets of seeds for a reason. Isaiah 55 verse 8, it says, For my thoughts, this is God talking, they're not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and snow from heaven and does not return, but it waters the earth and it makes it, watch this now, this is the purpose of what the water and snow and rain does. It waters the earth and it makes it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Watch this. He's comparing his word to that. He says, so shall my word be that goes, watch this, forth from my mouth. My word will not return unto me void. My word will accomplish that which I please and watch this, my word will prosper in the thing that I send it. So when you begin to sow the word in your life, guess what? Prosperity is on the way. The Bible says in 3 John 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. But here's the, here's the key. He says, but your soul has to prosper. Well, see, growing up, we had what, what we call soul food. Greens, neck bones, pork chops. We're done with the fast so I can talk about it now. You know, that was considered soul food. And, and, and no soul food is complete without some Jiffy cornbread. Well, see, to God, that's not real soul food. What's real soul food is the Word of God. Amen. God's word, watch this, will always work. The, in fact, the New Testament says heaven and earth will pass away, but my word won't. Amen. 
So the word of God being sown into your life is the most stable thing you can have. Can you say amen to that? So let's look at the process of how to sow the word in our lives so that we can reap the promises because this is how it happens. Just like a farmer, when he sows seed into the ground, he anticipates what he sowed to come up. When you sow the word in your heart and in your life, you have the right to expect, watch this now, the outcome of what the word says. That's why I know, I, I know that, uh, that that building's already built. I'm in agreement with that brother. You know how I know? Because God's word will not return to him board and it is his will, watch this now, for us to have our own facility. So you don't have to question whether it's the will of God. It is the will of God. That's why I know it's going to come to pass. So here's the first point. I only have two small points. Here's the first point. You must sow before it can grow. You must sow before it can grow. In other words, before the word can work in your life, you have to sow the word in your life. Amen. And uh, 1 Peter, go to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 2. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 2. If you don't have your Bibles, you can look on the screen. 1 Peter chapter 2 is, is man, this makes it very plain on how to grow spiritually. Now, here's the thing. Many of us in this room, we know what I'm saying, but we're not doing what I'm saying. It's not knowledge that makes you spiritually mature. It's your obedience to that knowledge that shows that you're mature. Second Peter chapter 2, verse, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, it says, As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word, that they may do what? Grow. grow thereby. In other words, he's saying babies, when they're hungry, they desire the milk from the mama. I don't know if you have ever had a baby and had to breastfeed, but I've had to watch my wife do it twice. And I'm going to tell you something. Landon and heaven desired the sincere milk of the word. Very good, mommy. Very good, mommy. In other words, some of y'all slow. But that's okay. Some of y'all slow, and then some of y'all shocked like, what? He said, it's true. He's saying just like a baby will grow from the milk of its mom, so, so do we grow with the milk from the word. Now, now, notice something in here. I'm going to show you this. I'm just going to throw this at you. Notice he said, as newborn babies desire their sincere milk of the word. And, and here are some of our problems. Our desire for the word is not at the level it needs to be. Now, I'm going to show you how to trigger desire and increase it. I'm going to show you how to do it. See, desire is triggered by your five senses. Okay, you got hearing. Tasting, touching, hearing, well, well, what else? What is it? Eyes and what else? Okay, y'all know what they are, thank God. 
Desire is triggered from your five senses. In fact, go to Genesis quickly. Go to Genesis chapter 3. Go to Genesis chapter, uh, Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to show you this real quick. Uh, desire is triggered by uh, uh, your five senses. I, I, let me show you in the natural. You, you see somebody, you see a new car going down the street. You didn't even, wasn't even thinking about no new car. And you saw this car go by, you go, Next thing you know, you at the dealership. You know what? That desire was triggered by what you saw. Let's say you go and uh, you're in a restaurant and, or you drive by and you smell some food. You go by your co-worker's cubicle and, ooh, what is that you eating, girl? I'm going to go get me some of that. That desire was triggered by what you smell. Well, watch this. I'm going to show you biblically that desire is triggered by our five senses. Watch this. Genesis chapter 3, look in verse 6. It says, and when the woman saw, there is one of the senses, when she saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the what? Eyes, there's the senses, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit and she ate it. The only reason she ate it is because desire was triggered by what she saw. Had she not looked at it, she'd have been all right. And see, if you starve a desire, I'm I'm trying to help somebody right now who's struggling with some issues. If you will starve a desire, the desire for that thing will go away. Y'all know when I I quit drinking Coke? I quit drinking Coke because my doctor wanted me to. Not because I wanted to. And my wife wanted me to. And everybody wanted me to. It's my life. But I decided for my doctor to stop drinking Coke. So uh, two weeks ago, or a week ago, I went to uh, Sonic. I still go to Sonic, but I get sweet tea now. Thank you very much for my progress. But this particular day, they had run out of sweet tea. I had a choice to make. Am I going to drive all the way to this Sonny for nothing? Or did I go to get something? Well, how many know I chose to get something? So I got me a coat. I sure did. And I drank the coke and I said, mmm, don't taste right. Mm. Drank it some more. Mm-hmm. Got home and it didn't taste good no more to me. I don't drink Sonic Coke no more. It don't taste good. But watch this. It used to be something that tasted good. And see, watch this. Watch this now. I, 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 I decided to starve a desire. And when I starved that desire, it went away. Well, guess what? You can increase your desire the same way. You know how you can increase your desire for the word? Start listening to it. Amen. You can increase it because that's how God has designed us. Go to Mark chapter 4. Go to Mark chapter 4. Go to Mark 4. We're doing pretty good with time. Mark chapter 4. See, I'm a result of sowing the word in my life. See, when I was single, 
and, and this is just for the single people. This was not on my notes, but I need to say this to you. As a single person, instead of Instagramming, well, they didn't have Instagram back then. Instead of Facebooking, oh, they didn't have Facebook back then. I don't even know if they had MySpace back then. They did? No, they didn't have it back then. In the, when we had beepers, okay, <laughs> that's as far back as I can remember. Beepers and those big old army cell phones. Y'all remember that? Okay. Instead of wasting my time dating and, 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 and texting and beeping, and, and I, but I didn't waste my time. You know what I did in my spare time? I read the word. I read the word so much I couldn't even sleep a full night because when you put the word in, you put life in. And when you put life in, guess what? Life comes to you. I couldn't even sleep a full night. And see, I knew that uh, as a single person sowing that word in my life, I knew I wouldn't be able to do that when I got married. See, the Bible says, no, 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 no. When you get married, you got to tend to the things that belong to your spouse. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. I can't cook. I'm reading the word. What? Wait a minute, don't blame not cooking on the Lord now. No, no, he said you need to tend to the things of your husband and your wife. Say it, say it, say it, say it. <laughs> no, see, you, you don't got too spiritual now. No, no, God ain't that spiritual. I mean, even Jesus got something to eat now. I don't know who that was for, but it was for somebody. Mark chapter 4, look in verse 1. I'm going to read this quickly because I just want to make a point. Here's my point again. You must sow before you can grow. He says in verse 1, And he began to teach on the seaside, and there gathered to him a great multitude, so that they in, he entered into a ship. He sat in the ship or in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea of the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and he said to them in a doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to do what? To sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed some, well, what is the sum? Must be the seeds that he was sowing. Some fell by the what? By the wayside, and then the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And then some fell on what? Stony ground, where it had, did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. And when the sun came up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And then it says, and some, say some. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And others fell on what? Good ground. Now, wait, wait, before we read the rest of that, notice that this was the same seed. One seed got ate up by the enemy. One seed, you know, sprung up in the, in the trials of life, burnt it up. One seed fell on good ground. Well, watch what happened to the seed that fell on good ground. 
It said it yielded forth and it increased. Watch this. Some 30, some 60, and some what? 100. Now let's, let's read what this parable means so we can make some sense of it. So, you know, I'm glad the disciples asked ask him, hey, what in the world does this mean? So in verse 14, it says, the sower sows the what? The sower soweth the word. And these are they that by the wayside where the word was sown, but when they have heard, Satan comes when? Immediately and take away the word that was sown where? In their hearts. Now, wait a minute. Notice that the word is considered seed. You don't come to church to hear a sermon. You come to church to get a seed. The word of God is considered a seed. Watch this. Notice that someone has to sow it. Amen. He goes on to say in verse 16. And these are they likewise that are stoned on stony ground, who when they have heard it immediately, they receive it with gladness. These are people who get saved. They get excited about the Lord. They say, you know, I, I love this church. And they have no root in themselves. And they endure for a time. Afterwards, when affliction or persecution arises, watch this, for the word's sake. Let me tell you something. When you're going through opposition, when you're going through transitions, when you're going through situations, it ain't about nothing but the word in you. All the enemy is trying to do is to get you to not believe the promise. Because here's the thing. If he digs the word up, there's nothing, nothing in, in the ground for a harvest to come forth. Amen. He goes on to say, verse 18, And these are they that are sown among thorns. When they hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things enter in, watch this now, and it chokes what? The word, and watch this, and the word becomes what? unfruitful and then these are they which are sown on good ground which hear the word they receive it and they bring forth 30 60 and 100 notice now in verse 15 that the word was sown in the heart so watch this it's not the seed that determines the multiplication process it's my heart condition see the same seed was spread out some of them, the devil got it. Some of them, they got offended. Some of them didn't grow. But you got to hold on to the word. You say, well, Pastor, what do you mean? See, that's why you got to keep your heart right. Oh, you think that fight that you had at home with your husband was about your marriage? It wasn't. It's about that word in you. You, you really think that your boss treating you wrong at work? Is about your job. No, it's not. It's about that word inside of you. Because the word is what's going to produce multiplication in your life. Not your boss. Not your boss. And the devil is smart. He throws stuff so that we can get offended. We can get hurt. We can, you know, and that's why. Listen, unforgiveness, that's just keeping. Watch this. That seed from taking root in your heart. That's why you ought to always have a heart that forgives. You need to give people instant forgiveness. You know how you have instant oatmeal? You just put that water in there and you stir it up. 
you got to have instant forgiveness. When somebody cuts you off on the road, instant forgiveness. When your spouse says something that, didn't, that you don't like, instant forgiveness. When your kids come home and they got in trouble at school, instant forgiveness. Because if you don't do that, the word can't take root in your life. Notice in verse 17 that the word needed roots to produce fruit. It says in verse 17, and they had no root in themselves. So the word, in order to have roots, it's got to stay in the ground of your heart long. So here's how it works. Here's how it works. And I'm closing down with this right here. Here's how it works. When the quantity of the seed, which is the word, and the quality of the soil, which is your heart, meets the proper season in your life, then manifestation's on the way. I'm going to say that again. When the quantity, say quantity. When the quantity of the seed, in other words, a verse a day ain't going to keep the devil away. When the quantity of the seed and then the quality of the soil, keeping your heart right, when they meet the proper season of your life, manifestations on the way. Because, see, every seed takes time. Just write down Genesis 8.22. This is what it says. While the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest shall not cease. Amen. Hebrews 10.36 says, for, for you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Go to Psalm 105. We'll close right here. Go to Psalm 105. Psalm 105. See, uh, we live in, a, in an instant society. We want it right now. Do you know in 1985, the Lord told me I was going to marry somebody who was not uh, American. They weren't from this country. He told me that in 1985. Now, I could have just let that word not take root. And dated everybody else. No, no, no. Some time went by. God had to make some spiritual arrangements on my part. He had to set some things up so that, watch this now, the quantity of the word that's in my heart and the quality of my heart's condition, once time comes, once my season for marriage was, you know, was there, he would make sure I'd meet the right person. And we got married, what, 1992, babe? Was it 92? 94. We met in 92. What? We met in 92. 92-ish? 93. We met in the 90s. How's that? Watch this. From 85 to 93, it took some time. Watch what it says in Psalm 105, verse 17. It was talking about Joseph. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, verse 18, whose feet they hurt with fetters or chains. He, he was laid in iron, watch this, until the time that his word came. 
Just because everybody's getting married, that don't mean it's time for you to get married. It said here until the time that his word came. Watch this now. The word of the Lord tried him. See, maybe your best ain't God's best. Amen. So, here's what's going to happen. Take out your seeds. Take out your packet of seeds. I'm about to show you what to do. First, in order to sow, to grow, you got to first get the preached word. Say the preached word. In other words, you must hear the word before you can sow the word. That's why in Romans 10, 14, it says, How then shall they call upon them, on him who they have not believed? And how can they believe in him and who they have not heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? So the first process to sow to grow is that you must hear the preach word. Say the preach word. All right, here's number two, is the planted word. Say the planted word. In other words, God gives you a word. You got to plant that word in your heart. Just like he told me I was going to get married to somebody that wasn't from here. I had to plant that word in my heart. And then number three, after you get the planted word, after you hear God's word and that promise, that promise from the word gets in your heart and you plant it, then comes the proclaimed word. That's what happened with the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says in Matthew 9, 20. It says, for she said within herself, if I may just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be whole. In other words, she proclaimed the word of God for herself. So now you got to change how you talking. You got to change and say, you know what? God's favor is on my life. You know what? God's, this is a year of expansion for my life. This is, this is a year that my income's going to grow. This is a year that I'm going to spiritual growth. This is a year that I'm going to discover my spiritual giftings. This is a year that God's going to use me to do things that I've never done before. This is the year that God's going to elevate me on my job above my peers. This is the year that he's going to make me the head and not the tail. That has to be your conversation. And then after the proclaimed word, you have the patient word. The Bible says... For you stand in need of patience that after you have done the will of God, watch this, you might receive the promise. You know what that means? That means that you've done everything humanly possible that you can do, and then after that, it's God's part. See, I presented the vision for the building. I've made it plain enough for everybody to understand it. I'm doing everything in the natural that I can do. And once I've done everything in the natural, guess what? It's on God now. And I can tell you this from experience. When you plant the word of God in your heart, your life will change. When you plant the word in your life, your mind will change. When you plant the word in your life, that hurt from that relationship that you were in will dissipate just like the dew. It'll go away. When you plant that word in your heart, you won't have, watch this now, don't, don't, don't take this wrong, you don't, won't have a need for a spouse. You weren't born married. 
I know it says, for, you know, it's not good for man to be alone, but God brought Eve to Adam. Adam didn't go get her. Dating online haven't been working for you. Why don't you stop it? Touch your neighbor and say, he's talking to somebody up in here. This year, I want to challenge you. So with your seeds, you're going to go home. Watch this now. You're going to find a pot. You're going to get some dirt. You're going to plant that seed. Watch this. You cannot water that seed until you have read and prayed your Bible and prayed for that day. In other words, you're going to put the seed. See, the works, the Bible says, faith without works is what? Okay, so see, some of y'all going to be like the people where the birds came and ate it. You ain't going to even take the seeds out of the pack. It's going to be 2016. Your, your wife going to be like, where, where are those seeds? What is, what is that? Still in the pack. Ain't going to do you no good. You got to take it. Get a pot. Put some dirt in there. That's the works. Watch this. Put the seed in there, which represents the word and spiritual growth in your life. Watch this. And you cannot water and nurture that seed unless you pray and read every day. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Some of y'all, your plant going to be dry. Watch this. The progress of the growth of what, they're going to be flowers. I just want you to know I gave everybody flowers. The progress of you seeing those flowers is going to be, watch this, an indication of your spiritual growth. And that's why I gave it to you. So now you're going to be able to measure how you're growing. Because if you're missing three and four and five days from watering your seed, I'm going to have to give you another pack. But I'm declaring that over your life, your spiritual growth is at the lowest point it will ever be. I declare that spiritual increase is coming into your life. I declare that the Word of God is going to have a strong desire in you. I declare you're going to read more. You're going to pray more. You're going to even fast more this year than you've ever done in your life. And I declare you're going to hear God's Word and His voice like you've never heard it before. I declare that every issue that was in your heart, the Word of God is going to melt it away. I declare that your life is going to change because the Word is going to come in and problems are going to come out. I declare that that Word in your life it's going to change your situation on your job. I declare, see, some of y'all think I'm just talking. I'm really declaring over your life right now. The word in your life is what's going to promote you and not just your boss. The Bible says promotion doesn't come from man, it comes from God. And I declare, as a result of the word, as a, a result of just sowing that word, increase is coming, promotion is coming, better is coming. More is coming in Jesus' name. And if you believe that, can you just give the Lord a hand clap right there? Hallelujah.